It's been an amazing journey if you've been with us from the beginning. Ten days ago, we stood here talking about the ten days of radical possibility, ten days of transformation. Shared with you the teaching that the ten days of awe, the ten days from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, until tonight, parallel the ten utterances with which God created the world in our creation story. And God said, let there be. And God said, ten times God said, and each one of those is said to parallel one of the days of the ten days of potential transformation. And then we went deeper. We said that not only were the ten utterances and the ten days, but also that the ten commandments. Remember this? The first commandment was connected to the first day and to the first utterance and to the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And God spoke and the world came into being and the first day was, wow, the world could be created. And the second utterance, and God said, let there be light, was the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the sphere of Bina. How do we bring light into the world? And so on, the third day and the fourth day. Maybe you didn't stick with all ten of them, but here we are in the last one, you know. And the tenth and last utterance is, Lotov hayot adam levado. It isn't good to be alone. Maybe that's the reason why on the tenth day of the ten days of awesome transformation, we can't bear to be alone. And I know there are people watching now online somewhere, and I was so happy that we did that. So wherever they are, no matter where and how isolated they might be, they can still connect it to this community or to another community. I know BJ live streams other places. I mean, thank goodness. Wow, what a bracha. It's not a good thing. It doesn't feel good to be alone. I don't mean here whether you're single or not single. I just mean where you don't feel connected to your chavah. You don't feel that people are watching and connected with you. And I think if you've been with us for the last 10 days and even the last 10 minutes, you can feel that this is a community like that. And it kind of makes me um, sometimes, especially, I think were it not for the fasting bit, I would want to just stay with all of you for the rest of the week. <laughs> just let's go together. Let's hang out, you know. It's like the great, one of the great Hasidic masters, one of the great spiritual masters used to say, give me ten good people and we'll storm the gates of heaven. Just need ten. We have more than ten here. And so from that first teaching into the second day, into the first day, rather, Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Jessica gave us that very, very powerful and beautiful teaching about that laugh of Sarah. Sarah's laugh. Lo kitzachakt. Quoting our teacher, Aviva Zurenberg, who said, no, not the first Sarah, not the cynical Sarah, but the audition that everybody stood up for, for the second Sarah, the Sarah who laughed. Sarah who laughed because and precisely because that very laughter was what birthed the space for possibility. Laughter as a way of creating space. We talked about open, closed open, and labels. About what it is to have labels that limit, whether it's the label of fat, skinny, Jewish, non-Jewish, you name a label and it limits, and sometimes that limiting is good, important, vital, dignified. But often, and too often, 
more often than we would like to admit, our labels preconceive and predetermine the very encounter that we're about to have. I don't really know you, but hi. Who are you? On the second day, we talked about the sacrifices that we need to make if we are to recognize our privilege and our power in whatever way we do it, at whatever level that we buy in, at least to begin, if you haven't already, and if you are, thank goodness, to think about what it means to be privileged. And as you heard last night, I'm certainly not someone who has always personally felt privileged. And I'm privileged. And I have power. And if we're going to make the world a better place, we have to begin from that space, at least part of that space. And then last night, I spoke with you about I owe yous and I love yous. And I asked all of you to make a list, and if you didn't yet, tonight's a good night, tomorrow's a good day. Next week's good, too. <laughs> a list of the IOUs in our lives. Who do we owe something to? Who, who is it that is waiting for us to pay something back? And what is it that we need to pay back? And if we can write it down and figure it out, maybe we can maybe pay them back. And if we can't, maybe we can't. And what about others who, who owe us not just in a personal way, but in a more global way, the things that are owed to us and how we can come to name those things too and then rip them up if they can't be paid up. Find a way. If they can't pay you back, maybe you need to forgive them. Or maybe not. We are about to enter into Ni'ilah, and Ni'ilah always is such a powerful moment um, for all of us we come back, we come to. I brought with me the prayers that had been written during the time that all of us were sitting together one week before Shoshanah. People wrote prayers that allowed um, Rabbi Jessica and myself a little window into what they're holding in their lives. These are, these are some of the things people wrote and there are probably an infinite number of other things that people didn't write, that they couldn't write, that they could never write people who have parents who are ill, people who have parents who are difficult. <laughs> That's every letter in here. <laughs> I, I meant that about myself, none of you, none of the parents up there. I'm a pain in the tuchus. These are the prayers and I brought another prayer from a grandfather named David Fuchs, who many, many years ago watched as his 11 and a half year old granddaughter succumbed to um, an illness. He wrote this after she passed away. Thank you, 
source of life, may my will align with yours. And may your will find its way into mine. May they blend together to become one. May my strength come from you and may your strength be mine. May our strengths come together and be united. Please fill in that which I lack and may my lack be filled by that which makes the, that which your gift is and may my gift fill in your lack. And may our gifts be united as one. A few days before that, his granddaughter had written in her diary, Yesterday I felt not so good. In the last couple of days, not so good. But yesterday at night I slept so well and I got up this morning for the first time feeling energized and it would seem that today because of that sleep I feel a lot better this is the first day that I understood what is said when they say that God doesn't let us know the day we will die so that we will get everything we can out of each day as Barur שאני לא מתכוונת ממש עכשיו לזה שאני יכולה למות כל יום, כלומר, what it means clearly, she says, is not that I, mean, that I think that actually I'm going to die any day. אבל פחות, אני יותר מתכוונת לזה שאני לא ירגיש טוב. What I mean to say is that I know that I'm sick and I will continue to be sick, but I want on the days when I'm not feeling sick to find my strength and to squeeze life. אז אם היום אני מרגישה טוב, אז כדאי לי לנצל את זה עד הסוף, כי אני לא יודעת מה יהיה מחר. Ruth's mother is an amazing woman who has an organization in Israel that brings musicians to hospitals to, to, to bring music to, to children who are sick and to anyone who wants the music to feel better. And I asked Ruth, I'm sorry, I asked my friend if I could read Ruth's diary because I want to tell you that this has been a very difficult year for all of us. Maybe you don't feel it right now. But I can't imagine that you don't. It doesn't matter in my heart where you are politically, who you voted for today. I have absolutely no doubt, a hundred thousand percent, that there isn't one person in this room that doesn't feel that this year was a very, very, very painful and difficult year. We were not at our best, and we were far from it. 
And so Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah are like that music my friend brings into the Beit Cholim, into the hospital, and says to the, everyone, hey, we have more time. We have tomorrow. We think. And like 11 and a half year old Ruth, this music that she inspired was to tell us et hazman, to make the most of our time. So we came in and there was music and a lot of mumbling. You know, there was a great Rebbe, the Berdichev Rebbe, who one day was in a, a hotel and he had not brought his prayer finalia. He hadn't brought his talis, his tefillin. He hadn't brought his phylacteries. And there was only one pair, and everybody was lined up downstairs in the inn, waiting to put on, to bind themselves with this one pair of tefillin that the innkeeper had. And as each one of the people that was there in the inn was putting on the tefillin, they were putting on the phylacteries, and then they were mumbling. And then they would take them off and they would put them back on the table and then somebody else would come and pick up the tefillin. So at the end, the British of a Rebbe who was sitting there watching this entire thing, he called one of the people over, one of the business people who was making his way out quickly, and he looked at him and he said, So they looked at him and they're like, Dubista, Meshigina, what? You're crazy. And so he just gives them, Says, they said, we have no idea what you're saying. So the Rebbe said, yeah. That's exactly what you sounded like when you were talking to God. And then one of them said something that he, he just opened the Redditiver's heart. He said, you know, Rebbe, I have an explanation. When a child comes to talk to their parent, even if they don't have words, they just go, buh, 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 buh. <laughs> and the parent understands. <laughs> and the Vedishiva got so excited, he started jumping up and down. And he said, you see, God? All of the words, last night, this morning, and now, all of them for one purpose. To wake us up, to open this closed place. I know we said open, closed, open, and sometimes closing is exactly what needs to happen. Everyone has a different shutter speed with their heart. But as we enter into Ni'ilah, into the closing of the gates, we say, whatever is closed in me, open. As the gates close, open me to see what it is that I need to feel, say, think, do, so that next time is not like last time, that last time was the last time. Open me, open me, open me, open me to live this life because I don't know what tomorrow will bring and the next day after that, and I don't want to waste it.
I'm praying tonight for my uncle who's sick. It was a great chazan in his time and whose voice is still in my heart. I don't know how it works. I don't even know if it works. And I don't care. Because it's real and it's true. And because all I can say for Ruth and for my own soul and the souls of us in this community, in this room, and in this country is, please open my closed heart. Open my closed fists. Open my closed eyes. To see my brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico, in Mexico, in the streets of our country. And in three months from now, when the music has faded and when the words have been placed in the right file for the high holiday sermons and words of inspiration, that something still beats in me and says, turn. Swallow your pride, turn to your beloved and say, do you know that I'm with you? I see that you're hurting, I'm with you. That's why I'm here with you. So we wouldn't have a Yom Kippur if I didn't hear, if we didn't hear from some of you. And we don't have a lot of time. But there is a story about a shepherd boy named Shepsel. He was one who took care of the horses in the stable of his stepfather. He lived with them. Shepsel had a dear sister, a stepsister whose name was Leah. Shepsel, the shepherd, the horse, the one who took care of the horses, the stable boy. Shepsel got sick. And as the family watched over Shepsel, Shepsel passed to the other side. And because of the great love and ardor between Shepsel and his sister Leah, Leah also got sick when Shepsel passed away. And as she lay sick in her bed, her father, bereft, fell asleep and dreamed. And in the dream, he ascended to heaven and found Shepsel. And he asked Shepsel, he said, Shepsel, do you know Leah is sick? What are you doing up here? He said, everything up here is great. Because I'm a stable boy, because I worked with horses, now I take care of the horses of all the righteous people here in heaven. Everything is good. His father said, but Leah is sick. And Shepsel said, don't worry. Don't worry, Dad. I have, a, I have a cure. And he took his father to a place, and he said, this is the Garden of Eden. And you see those leaves on the floor of the Garden of Eden? Those leaves are special, magical leaves. Those leaves from the Garden of Eden, if you bring those back to Leah and make a tea with those leaves, she will be healed. 
And so he took the leaves with him and woke up the next morning and miraculously the window was open and leaves he had never seen from a place he had never been to were strewn about the room. He scooped up the leaves and make a tea and gave it to Leah and those leaves from the Garden of Eden healed Leah. She got married and two years later had a child and named him Shepsel. And so as the gates are closing now, I invite all of us to think of the leaves from the Garden of Eden that we'll take with us. A moment, a teaching, if you'd like to share a prayer or someone whom you're praying for this Yom Kippur. We're going to take 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And there'll be microphones to go around. I invite you to tear a story or to share whatever's on your heart, but please be mindful of the time if anybody would like to share.